You're listening to Deep Cuts with Antoine Reed, episode 33, Sean Williams, Cohiba Cigars. I'm in North Carolina. Okay, 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 okay. So, what's the closest metropolitan area? Charlotte or uh, Raleigh? Raleigh. All right. Cool. 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 So it's like a, a 20 minute drive to Raleigh, like the North Raleigh, and then uh, about three hours from Charlotte. Yeah, okay. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. And and where are you at? I'm in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. 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 So right. Right up the road, right? I guess right down the road, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In Atlanta. That's good. Beautiful day today. Uh, uh, I'm sitting in sort of this covered patio area I got, so we don't want to have the sun. But it's uh, yesterday was amazing. Uh, I think it was got a high of maybe mid 60s, sunny and breezy. Last night got kind of brisk, um, but beautiful day. Today it's, I don't know, probably 70 degrees and just sunny. Beautiful day. Absolutely gorgeous. So. It's the same here. So, so we, we must not be that far away. From yeah, yeah, yeah. We share weather systems, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so thank you for coming on today. Like I said, uh, I've been telling people, I've been treating this almost like a virtual trade show. So I was going through my list of, of people and I said, like, who would I normally see, you know, at a trade show? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. You know, last year and the year before, you know, the General Cigar booth was uh, a pretty big deal. And stopping by and and talking to you and figuring out what was new with Cohiba was always kind of like the, the must do thing for the trade show. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we've had three uh uh three years where we've done the party. The first year I, you know, I came on in um in spring of 2017. So that year uh, we hosted the party and it was um Macanudo Inspirado. So it was uh black and white. Um, uh, sort of like a theme. Uh, then the next year, it was the release of CAO Nicaragua. So that was a theme. And then last year was a, was finally a year that they let uh, Cohiba do the party. So uh, yeah, it's fun, man. So I had to like step it up a little bit, right? Right. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. So how, yeah. what have you been up to during this kind of quarantine period? Um, you know, um, so we had a uh, a blending. Uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> this is a contract next door, so I can't tell them to stop. Um, we had a, a, a blend sort of innovation summit. So myself, um, Rick Rodriguez, uh, Laurel Tilly from Macanudo. Um, so we're sort of the, the, the visible uh, faces of the company. Well, us three, along with a few other people within the organization, are on the, uh, the, the, the tasting panel for the entire company as far as whatever cigars are coming out, whether it's um Cohiba, Macanudo, uh CAO, but whatever, punch, whatever. Um so we were having one of those summits. And it's not like uh if if if, if I've been working on a project for Cohiba and I'm like doing cartwheels about it, I wanted to come out that anybody else in that panel could say, no, it's not gonna happen. Uh it's just a thing where we provide feedback to each other, right? Right. Um, but in doing that, usually we kind of sequester ourselves somewhere for a few days and, and and smoke a bunch of different stuff to our palates are burned out and the whole deal. 
well, we couldn't do that. It was, it was taken off of the uh, off the calendar because of COVID. Uh, so at my leisure, I've been sort of taking a little bit more time than usual working through some of these test plans from a bunch of different brands. I mean, I kind of have a, um, a solid idea as to what I want to do with Cohiba as far as the, the, the blends I have uh, uh, in the hopper. Um, it's more about timing as to when to release them. So, um, yeah, so just kind of, you know, taking some time to, to, to really relax and not sort of be under the gun to burn through a lot of different prototypes. Uh, so doing that, um, organizing my, uh, my humidor, I got uh, some more, again, being on this panel, they'll send you stuff. And it's like, I had two different UPS deliveries yesterday. And I'm thinking, damn, like, okay, so I got to really figure stuff out. Uh, so just kind of organizing, uh, doing a lot of social media stuff, uh, obviously, um, as much as possible without, you know, overdoing it, so to speak. All right. uh, we've, we've also been doing a lot of uh, Zoom, actually, events with retailers, which have, which have, which have been, which have gone pretty well, uh, all things considered. So, so I've been uh, busier than I, than I would have thought, right? Uh, but, you know, still, uh, still itching to, to get out and, and, and interact in person and get inside, get into shops, uh, you know, so hopefully that'll kind of provide, uh, you know, uh, that'll be an option within the next month or so, we'll see. But uh, just staying busy, man. Yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah, the last time I saw you was at the Miami Megahertz. Uh huh. That was like ages ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 a lifetime ago, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what about yourself? How have you been staying busy? Uh, I've been staying busy by doing these interviews because usually I'm still doing all the magazine stuff that I'm used to doing. And uh, usually with an interview, uh, maybe I do like maybe two a, two a month just to put okay. a magazine like whatever i need to do and the rest is through emails um with this quarantine and being at home and knowing that a lot of uh cigar smokers are at home and they're missing that lounge experience i've been doing these kind of interactive interviews gotcha, gotcha. Um, basically making a whole bank of interviews so that i can pull from it because uh, i just know how hard it is for people like you who are always on the go anyway to really sit down and and do an interview which is like usually an hour long anyway so yeah. get all these interviews out of the way for one thing will help me going forward um, throughout the year. But it also is, is giving people time to interact with all these brands and get to know some of the people that behind the brands and get to know the brands yeah. better so that when quarantine things let up and people can get out to their brick and mortar stores, then hopefully when they look at like Cohiba, you know, yeah. they'll think back to this conversation and they'll say, you know, I might want to give it a try if I wasn't thinking about trying it before. So, 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 are you able to uh, to to save this? Uh, I know on Facebook it's easier to do. On, on Instagram, I, I don't know how you uh, you turn you can turn a live video into a story, but even that, it sort of it, it removes itself after a while. So, are you able to sort of save this content uh, some kind of way? Or yes, yeah, so I, I found a way through a third party app. Basically, I pull the the video about. I usually wait about 30 minutes to an hour after it's done so it can upload to wherever it needs to upload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pull the video yeah. and then I go in myself and I repurpose it, get into a, a YouTube format, and then I uh, upload it to YouTube like at the, uh, at the end of the um, week. And then I usually pull the audio and upload that to Podbean, which uh, also uploads it to Apple. So, okay, okay, all right. Well, you, you, I, you I guess it's extended play out of out of these interviews because that was a big question for me too. I was like, why would I want to do an interview and then 
and disappear like 24 hours later. I was like, that's a waste. Yeah. Of, that's a waste of everybody's time. Like this. this yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you have this really, really, really big captive audience at the time, and that and that's the purpose of it. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, yeah, you might as well keep the content, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good talk, good, good, good. So what I wanted to do with these interviews was, like I said, explore some of the people that I know or that I've encountered in the industry. Also, explore what's going on with your particular brand. Um, so I know, like, General Cigar has a whole bunch of different brands. Um, yeah. And you're actually the first General Cigar person I reached out to. So, um, yeah. you. you know, you. Um, and I definitely know that you have a new release that just came out. So I wanted to talk about that. The, you did get those, right? Yeah. Yeah, good, good, yeah. good, good. So, good. you know, I wanted to talk about that release and just talk about you and, like, what's going on with Cohiba and give people some, you know, background information. Because I know there's so many different brands and price points within the Cohiba portfolio that yeah. people probably don't know everything that you all have to offer. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I guess the, the first place to start is with the uh, Cohiba Royale, which is, um, Cigar that you received, uh, you guys over at Tobacco. I have it right. <laughs> this is this box. Just, just, just so happened to. to <laughs> yeah. you, know. uh, you, have a, you have a burn one yet? Look at you, man. I haven't yet. I've been like, I did like you, like maybe like the second week and staying at home. I was like, what should I do? And I was like, I need to organize like all my cigars because yeah, 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 yeah. person you get a whole bunch of cigars too. And then, you know, I'll, I'll put them here, I'll put them there. So I organize everything. So I've been like in this whole big organizing. Mm -hmm. Nice. Kind of frenzy. Right. So I haven't yet, but it's plus I wanted to figure out like how to, um, you know, smoke it and then do a review and do all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, a little bit more than just me posting a picture of it. Understood, understood. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta work. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> make sure that it makes sense. So, yeah, cool. Um, so obviously that's Cohiba Royale, um, and I think pound for pound, uh, and, and you know, different tobacco uh, affects different people in different ways. But pound for pound, uh, it may be the fullest body Cohiba that we've ever put out. Uh, and, and that was sort of going into the project. That that that's what we wanted to achieve. Um, really, really something that 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 we wanted to resonate with the uh, the you know the, the hardcore cigar guy that 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 really really appreciates um, you know that sort of Nicaraguan profile. Um, you know, but uh, also you know a little bit more elevated in its approach, right? So uh, so we wanted something. You know, if you if you typically see some of the the ultra luxury cigars, you know the ones north of twenty bucks, um, most often those are going to be mild to medium, because um, that investment, both from a, a consumer standpoint and from a manufacturer standpoint, uh, you want it to, to to cast as wide a net as possible to get as big an audience as possible. So you you don't get really 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 uh, risky with the profile or the strip. You want it kind of middle middle of the road, more about flavor. And, and complexity and nuance, which makes sense, but definitely, definitely sort of pump the bricks as it relates to overall power. Uh, well, we wanted to kind of take a different approach to that. Um, the overall portfolio for Cohiba is in that luxury space, right? Um, we put out Connecticut last year, which which um, did very, very well, still does very well. Um, and it's a more complex, um, you know, more trend, trending towards medium body Connecticut. Uh, but very complex, flavorful cigar, but still it's smooth, right? 
So we're clearing that space, even with the red dot. That's a medium body cigar, classic profile, rich cedary. Um, so if we're bringing something to the table and we're going to add um, another Maduro to the mix, sort of, you know, Connecticut, uh, uh, the Connecticut Broadleaf has been out for, for years now in the Cleveland Black. Um, you also have the Oscuro wrapper on the Cleveland Nicaragua. And then we've had a couple of limited releases, which used the Maduro wrapper. Spectre last year, uh, um, Silencio, which is my signature blend. Um, so if we say, okay, we're going to bring something out that's in that, that, that heavier profile as far as a wrapper, let's make sure it doesn't bump up against anything else we have in the portfolio. So to do that, it's like, make the, let's make this a, a fuller body experience. Um, let's see if we can do that with giving it balance. So uh, the process was a little different. Uh, the wrapper is Jalapa grown, but it's actually broadly grown in Jalapa. So it's a different variety from the Jalapa that's on uh, my Silencio signature cigar. But it's still Nicaraguan grown, but it's a broadleaf wrapper. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, we use Pelota Cabano as, uh, as a binder, which the only time we've done that before is on the original red dot. Um, so just, just a, a, a few sort of nuanced differences. And of course, there's more Nicaraguan and Dominican tobacco and filler. So we wanted, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that nice, hearty, meaty, rich Nicaraguan profile, um, uh, complete with the body that you expect but just sort of nice balance and a little bit of elegance to it. And then, uh, of course, we wanted, wanted the packaging to really, really be eye-catching as well. So uh, it was a fun, fun project, man. And, you know, we, you know, we released it in, in the middle of an international pandemic, which, which, which always sounds like a great idea, right? Uh, uh -huh. But, but it, it's actually, um, we are shipping a, a good bit of it, and, uh, and the response has been really good. So, uh, um, you know, based on what things are, man. I mean, I couldn't be happier with uh, with how the cigar is moving right now. You know, based on our current current uh, landscape. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. Now you obviously know a lot about tobacco. So where did you learn everything that you know about tobacco from? Uh, just life, life in this business. I never, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't come from a uh, a cigar making family or a tobacco growing family. I mean, I started. Uh, in this business with, you know, deciding to launch my own brand, you know, uh, 15 years ago, basically. Um, and I uh, ended up going to Nicaragua in January 2006 uh, to the Placencia factory, which is the first factory I ever made cigars with, to work on my first blend. And, uh, you know, when I got down there, or heading down there, you know, at the time, I'd only been smoking cigars a little over a year, right? So, but you think you know a lot about cigars. I thought I knew cigars. Uh, um, so I'll go down and, you know, I, I want to do a Maduro. That's basically what I say. Uh, and the belly arrested. So it was uh, uh, my lead blender at the time. Uh, basically pulled out, you know, uh, 18,000 different Maduro wrappers. And you're looking like, what the hell? You know, so so that starts the process right there. Like, you have to figure out, okay, what's the difference between, um, you know, at the time, the Havana's 2000 or, or the San Andreas or the, the Broadleaf or the Criollo Maduro. Like, like, what's the, they may all look the same on the outside, but, you know, um, get into them. You know, what, what, what's the characteristics from, you know, uh, the toothiness or the veins or, you know, why, why does it, uh, Havanos have, uh, uh, you know, the vein matrix that Sumatra does. And like, you, you just, you just, if you're interested, right, you just start learning that stuff over time. And, um, and that's how it started from, from that very first week. Um, you know, working on cigars with uh, the placentias uh, um, um, and kind of learning that process, wanting to understand what was going on. And, um, you know, which, which seemed sort of like an erratic thing at the time with me working with several factories because I worked with the placentias for years to make my cigars exclusive, exclusively there. 
And then uh, Willie Herrera and I became really good friends and I started making cigars at Titan Bronze. And that was sort of a different process uh, that they uh, approached cigar making. And then of course, I launched La Hermandive, which was with uh, A. Flores and PDR cigars, uh, and ended up making cigars there for a number of years, had my product distributed through there. Uh, then I have a 10-year anniversary cigar made with uh, the Reyes families out of here. So, and now, of course, with General Cigar, I'm with, you know, different factories. So, uh, having had the benefit of working at different factories, I, I, I've seen how different factories sort of not just approach cigar making, uh, but how they process tobacco and how the same strand, same variety of tobacco um, can taste very different just depending on which, which factory it was, uh, it was processed to. So just this is stuff I learned over time, man. And um, and even with that, you sort of fall into what your wheelhouse is as far as what you like, or at least in my case, what I like. Um, but you know that may sort of be the core element. But I like sort of learning from you know um, cigar makers that that are much more skilled than I am, and uh, and that 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 sort of just keeps pushing you, keep learning that way. So it's just I just picked it up over time, and I'm and and I hope I'm not done. I know I'm not. Um, I'm still, you know, it's still tobacco I haven't worked with. Um, still a lot to learn, and that's the beauty of it, for me at least. And how did you come to get this position at General Cigar as the brand ambassador for Cohiba? Uh, they called me. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. uh, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not like this was this was a job listed on Monster.com exactly. or <laughs> uh, and, and I don't. I still to this day don't know all the exact dialogue internally with the company as it related to um, why uh, uh, this position for Cohiba and then specifically why me. Uh, Rick Rodriguez was the person that actually picked up the phone and called me, he and I, uh, you know, we had a relationship with been friends for a number of years. Um, so when the brass within um, General Cigar decided that, hey, we'd we, we like a guy for Cohiba and Sean, uh, could be the guy. Um, they reached out to Rick. Said, hey, do you know him? You know, you think he'd be interested? And, and he called me. So um, I don't know all the, like, I say the internal deliberations around it, uh, specifically and why me. But uh, I do know that when my name came up, there were, uh, unbeknownst to me, had a couple of advocates uh, inside of uh, General Cigar that sort of seconded that thought uh, before Rick reached out to me. But that's kind of how, how it happened. Um, so after the call, then then you know becomes okay. Well. You know, initially, I don't know if that means, okay, well, are you guys going to distribute El Mundo? Is it like what happens? Because I'm not thinking that it means I'm going to walk away from my brand. It's, right. You know, I'm, planning, I'm planning for the show. I'm, I'm, I've got a new cigar I'm releasing or whatever. Um, so, you know, those conversations had to be had. And uh, then, you know, obviously, you know, some things to think about. Um, you know, a brand that, you know, at the time that I, I, yeah, I built for, you know, 11, almost 12 years, um, you know, you, you're going to sort of step away from. So, so I had to, you know, kind of come to some realizations in my mind and really think big picture and kind of think, you know, why am I really doing this? You know, what I really love about being a cigar maker? Uh, and if so, is there any better opportunity or vehicle to allow me to do the things that I truly love um, than, than, than doing them with Cohiba and General Cigar and the team there? And, and, you know, after giving that some some thought, the answer was, well, no. I mean, if, if, if I really love uh, creating cigars, uh, inter interacting with the consumer, um, you know, being a part of building a brand, which, you know, as crazy as it sounds, we're still building Cohiba. Um, I can't think of a better vehicle uh, in which to do that. 
uh, and certainly can't think of a better company or team in which to do that from a support standpoint, resource standpoint. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's 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 been it's been, it's been uh, a lot more fun than I than I thought it would be, uh, uh, and a lot less stressful than I thought it would be, to be honest. So, what's your favorite part of the job? Um, it's it's twofold. I mean, I still love. I mean, I, I could stay in the factory like forever, right? Like, I just I just love the process of of uh, of working on blends and going through. I just I just love that, right? Um, but then, as cooking the meal, but man, there's nothing better than being you know, as in in, in the back of the house, as from restaurant speak, and then. You like to go to the front of the house and go to the table and say, "Hey, how's your meal today? Do you, do you enjoy that? This is how I cook that with love. This is so that's sort of the piece. Like I love the interaction with the consumer because if you're working on these things and you know putting all your time and your your passion and 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 your skill, hopefully, uh, into bringing a product to to, to 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 market, then great. You actually get to be in the stores when people actually take it out of the box, take it out of cellophane, light it up, and take that first puff. A lot of times. Uh, and you can't beat that. You can't beat being able to create a, a product on one side and then actually being able to enjoy it with the consumer, you know, thousands of miles away from where you created it. So, um, so those two probably go hand in hand. And then there's you know some nuts and bolts stuff in the middle. But uh, ultimately, it's creating products and getting getting able and being able to enjoy it with the people that I created it for. That's hard to beat. Now, besides Cohiba, because somebody asked this question a little bit earlier, they wanted to know besides Cohiba. What general cigar, cigar, you know, are, are you a fan of, or that you, you find yourself smoking a lot of? Oh yeah, so uh, and I, I actually posted a video today on my humidor. I had to organize it. It was a, it was an absolute shit show. <laughs> um, so there's a few cigars. Um, uh, Cao Palone, uh Sessions, uh, Cao Sessions, uh, Cao V19. Uh, I like the Mac Inspirado, the original Inspirado, the orange. Mac Red, I really love that. Robusto, the box press. Um, the new cigar from uh, Bolivar, the Cofredias. Uh, I would imagine if you haven't gotten them, they'll be sending them to you because I actually just got my home stock literally yesterday. Okay. So I assume, I assume the press is going to be getting those as well. But it's a tasty cigar. Um, still like some of the old school Hoya de Monterey stuff, man. You know, uh, the Prisado, um, the new Hoya Epicure. Um, I think one. Diesel, uh, I like the Diesel Delirium uh, of that portfolio probably overall. Um, I'm sure I'm missing something, but I mean, I smoke a, a lot of it. It, it, it. And I get to smoke a lot of it before it comes out. Um, like Inspirado Green, I smoked it when, you know, uh, uh, Laurel and Steve and the McAneel team were in the process of making it, but I haven't smoked it post-production actually packaged which is a lot of times is a different experience. Um, but I remember liking that, that Mazzafina wrapper. Um, so I smoke a lot of the stuff that we have, and I smoke a lot of it uh, in, you know, while it's being created. So it's a different experience, you know, to kind of see it actually dressed up in a box and um, what, you know, the climate does here versus the climate in the DR or Honduras or Nicaragua where we're actually working. There's a lot of things coming to play. But I smoke a lot of our stuff. Uh, and I smoke a lot of other stuff too. Um, I mean, I, I'm a cigar smoker, you know, so. Yeah, and I, I was having that conversation with somebody um, a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, the cigar smoker today isn't as brand loyal, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it means they're, they're willing to try so many different things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like we don't need to be, you know, fixated on just one brand because you kind of miss mm -hmm. out on so much. So 
it's yeah. nice to know even as a brand ambassador you're not one of these people who say i only smoke you know my cigar how would i i love smoking a cigar that makes me feel like damn like i wish i wish i wish i came up with this blend i love that i love that uh-huh. you know and that, and that and again it's, it's still tobacco that i've yet to work with that um uh, that you know I'm, I'm hoping i get a chance to uh to uh, uh to work with you know so um well there's very little tobacco that I haven't worked with, but there's still some tobacco and even sizes I haven't brought to market. So I guess that that's more of, of sort of where I'm at, where I'm at now. And there's stuff I've worked with previously with my brand that I haven't worked with, Cohiba, that I, I like to try. So there's still a lot out there, man. But, but I don't know exactly how those things perform if I don't smoke other stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoy smoking too. And you talked about having your own brand and that feeling of, of you haven't spent all these years kind of building it up and then you get presented with this new opportunity and you have to like let it not let it go but kind of move on so what was that feeling like that transition like for you did you have kind of like some growing pains you know for a few months afterwards or do you still have like these little aches where you say oh i wish you know, i could like revive it somehow or What's that feeling like? I mean, and there's, not, there's nothing to revive. It's still available online if you, if you hunt it out, and, and, and that's okay. So there's nothing. It's not like, oh, I want to revive it, or or there's no misgivings. There's no um, regrets. No, I mean, because listen, man, I mean, hell or high water, hook or crook, ups and downs, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, um, primarily one-man operation. Uh, uh, I built a brand and 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 kept it viable um, for better than a decade, and it still has a following. You know, uh, I was literally the first person um, to do in-country, in-person events in 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 Thailand. I mean, they flew me over uh, for eight days and did activations at some incredible venues in Thailand. Um, my, my first international uh, exposure my brand got was in Hungary, uh, sold in Russia, uh, sold in Australia. Um, you know, listen, I mean, uh, I could not have, have asked for a better experience. I mean, I, I literally, um, you know, got to walk the halls of, uh, of Congress and, and meet with senators and congressmen as it related to legislation around our industry. Had cigars on the speaker of the house's balcony. Um, had cigars in, in in a private party with with, with senators and congressmen. Um, I've been around the world, uh, you know, and, and that and that's even before Cohiba, right? So let's not even talk about it. so. So, uh, you know, life, money is a big part of life, obviously. Um, and and as tough as things are, uh, as a small brand in in, the biz- in this business. I was able to survive and, uh, and and find my wins from a resource and financial standpoint for 10 years in this business uh, and build a brand, uh, again, that had uh, not just a national presence, but, but international presence in certain pockets. Um, you know, so, so I, had, I had solid success. And so much so that, that you're know, arguably the most iconic name brand in cigars said, hey, we want him to be the guy. I mean, how do you not like really take that under, you know, serious, serious consideration, right? I and mean, it's not like I was, um, you know, walking away to, I don't know, you know, go do something else or just, you know, 
work in in-house for a cigar company it's like no okay this is this is uh, a serious brand it's like the head of the luxury portfolio for the largest cigar company in the world um you know we want you to be the guy to help sort of chart the future for for this brand and be a part of sculpting what it looks like it feels like to to the consumer base my biggest thing was i'm honored let me not screw this up like i mean which you know you get too far ahead of your skis that's possible right i mean because they're you know cohiba's been cohiba long before me and if i left tomorrow cohiba would not miss a beat i promise you right it it it, it, it is a solid well-heeled juggernaut of a brand that, that, that does well um so my thing is okay just be careful and be uh respectful what the brand is uh, see if you can add to the audience without without alienating the existing audience that have been there for however long. So um, yeah, so for me it's um, it's an honor, and and as a cigar maker, again, it's like you know it, it, I'd be hard pressed to find anything I could have done in this business that that that, that would have given me the opportunity to be in in uh, in in this type of vehicle with 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 this type of support. So. Now, the one thing I like about Cohiba in particular is that you pay so much attention to the packaging, like more so than uh, like many other brands out there. It's not just a box, you know, it's an experience. So like just talk about that packaging a little bit, because I'm, I think it's it's a subject that a lot of different companies kind of almost look over sometimes, you know, yeah. it's more just about the cigar. But you present and like how you how it's presented is just so well thought out. It's so like fun sometimes. Like, how's that process? Hey, that's good. That, that, that's what we're going for, right? I mean, I mean, let's be honest. You, you, you're spending, you know, you're spending a little bit more for Cohiba. We understand that. Um, um, and we put some really great tobacco in it. I mean, Cameroon is a core part of 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 you know the Cohiba portfolio. Cameroon wrapper is the most expensive commercial available wrapper on the planet. Second most expensive is Connecticut Broadleaf, both of which we have in pretty heavy supply, right? So we're putting good tobacco into, into the cigars and, and really, really uh, working on the blends and making sure that experience is what it is once you get through the packaging and actually set the cigar on fire, right? But before you get there, I mean, we want to give you something to look at, right? Like make it make it appetizing. Like if you're plating food, I mean, it's great if the, if the, if the food tastes good, but man, if, if it's just kind of garnished right and it's presented well, it's, it's all about the experience, man, it, it, and it should be. So, um, you know, we put a lot of time in that, put a lot of resources into that. Um, some of it is done internally, uh, but we have a couple of agencies that we work with too. And uh, and, I, and that's kind of cool because they actually will com compete with concepts from time to time. Like we'll, we'll, we'll look at, we have one agency in the Midwest and one on the West Coast. And it's like, we'll kind of tee some things up. These is what we think about. These are concepts, this is what we feel like. And we'll get these different renderings. And, uh, and internally, we kind of look at them and, and talk and bounce stuff back and forth. and 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 you have a few different factions sort of competing as to what things are going to look like. Um, the downside to that is, man, it, it, once you outdo yourself, you really outdo yourself. So it's like, what do you do next? Like, because I, I don't want it to get to a point where we're putting stuff into packaging and it's just getting sort of too quirky and too, um, you know, you don't want to turn into a caricature. Right. right. It, it has to be solid. It has to be authentic. So that's sort of the trick. Like, OK, how far is too far? Um, you know, and we have a few vehicles that allow us to push the boundaries in the inspector when somebody's spending, you know, nine hundred dollars on a box of 10 cigars pre-tax. Um, that should be an experience. So so 
we can get a little extravagant with that. We almost have to, uh, and that packaging is really expensive. Um, you know, but aside from that, you know, you just kind of watch it a little bit and, and make sure it makes sense. Um, but you know, that, that, that's part of the fun, but we, we, that, that, that's, that's a, that's a, a more collaborative effort. The, the, the cigar piece that that's a, that's a finite group of people, you know, with myself and, and Yuri and Jonas Diaz and whatever. Uh, but when it comes to the packaging, uh, a, a cigar nerd is kind of step back and let the, you know, the, the creative people kind of jump in on that. So, and I mean, with Cohiba, you've kind of taken on, like you said, the names kind of like mirror a little bit of the James Bond stuff, like Spectre and Arrow. Yeah, that was not like you know, um, that was not on purpose, and I promise you, it wasn't. <laughs> Oh, every of oh, my kids, I promise you, it wasn't on purpose. Um, so when I came on board, we were talking about, uh, well, they were talking about internally before I came on board. Uh, they wanted to do, you know, because Cohiba had done some high-end exclusive stuff from, you know, the Diamante, uh, Lux, uh, Commodore. Um, they wanted to do something that really, really pushed the envelope a little bit more. They didn't know exactly what the makeup of the cigar was, nobody knew at the time, but they wanted something that was that was that was going to be um, sort of a project that they never really talked about. And 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 outside of the guys that really dealt with the luxury portfolio in the company, even the reps didn't really know about it. It was called the Ghost Project. Literally, that's when my my first you know meeting in Richmond. We kind of gone over the the landscape of the brand, these things we're going to do, and everything. And the show, show, and it was like uh, the Ghost Ghost Cigars was called. I was like, okay, well. Uh, let's see what else we got, and that's what started the first Spectre. Like, like, uh, literally calling Nicaragua, uh, seeing what we had there, which we had, um, I think, 2011 and 2014 uh, sherry barrel aged uh, uh, Esteli tobacco. Uh, we had tobacco in Honduras from a, a farm that we don't grow anymore. So they really started putting stuff together, um, and that was kind of how it was born. So the name came from, but well, we couldn't use Ghost, right? Uh, First off, that, that name is not, you know, uh, available. It's a Gurkha right. ghost. Um, but even, it probably didn't speak to, like, the elegance of the cigar. So then from there, we went to another name. We wanted to kind of be something shadowy, something hard to put your hands on. So we went from ghost to another name, and then eventually landed on Spectre, which which uh, uh, our, our parent company owned that trademark, because otherwise we couldn't use it anyway. So that's how it became Spectre. And... Uh, and Royale was just uh, again another. We owned it, and you know, so uh, but well, it's not really the play on the. There's a couple of James Bond geeks out there that really love it, and that's fine if they love it. But I'm not a James Bond geek. I mean, I I like James Bond. I'll see James Bond movies, but I can't tell you the name of all James Bond movies, right? So uh, that was not the mission. That was not the mission. We didn't call it Casino Royale. It's just Royale. So it was a lot of fun, you know. So and you kind of mentioned this how. You know, Cohiba, I mean, there's so many different price points and different cigars in the portfolio. So you have something that's on, you know, the not the lower end, but that's a little bit more affordable to some people. And then you have your Spectre, your $90, you know, per stick kind of cigar. But how do you go about defining who your customer is? Like who, like a profile for the customer and creating a cigar that will, you know, resonate with them? Um, you know, you never know. Um, I don't know that that we say okay, this is the customer. Um, I know that we want we want the brand to be aspirational, 
but we want it to be accessible. Yeah, you want uh, want the brand to be aspirational, but we want it to be accessible. So if you say that, then then you think about luxury brands. You think about Mercedes Benz, right? Um, or Porsche or whatever. Um, they all make entry level products, right? You got Porsche makes Cayman series. Benz used to make the I don't know what the entry one is now, the C class, whatever. Like like. You can, it is a Maybach, but it is an entry-level product. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, um, as long as you put the same care, energy, uh, uh, passion into whatever the sort of entry product is, because you want everybody to experience a brand. And you hope that if a guy uh, swings 11 or 12 bucks to, to try blue and he really enjoys that experience, time will come up where opportunity presents himself to maybe spend a little bit more money, or maybe he matures as a, as a, as a, as a cigar enthusiast to a point where, um, you know, some things he's gonna buy just to kind of work into the, 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 the rare rotation, not, you know, sort of the daily rotation. It, it reminds me of uh, Jonathan Drew, because he talked about at TPE a couple of years ago, Drew Estate, and how they segmented, or he calls it stacking, you know, their portfolio of products. So like you were saying, creating an entry level for people to come in to your brand. Yeah. So that's what he says acid is for, for Drew Estate. And it's never meant for them to stay at that price point or to stay, it's just, just for them to experience and say, oh, yeah. this is yeah, Drew Estate. Yeah. And then they move up to like the next level, which might be a, a Liga Pravada. Yeah, yeah. But the next level, which is like the underground, you know. So I always yeah. think that kind of mentality for brands is like very interesting because, um, I mean, especially for General Cigar, it's smart that, I mean, here's a company with all these different brands, and instead of just seeing one brand as being like your value brand, it's like, how can we create like verticals within this, within several different brands? So, you know, you have your Cohiba, yeah, it has different price points. Here's your you, you have to, because because the, the, the portfolio isn't just stratified based on, on price. I mean, from a, from, a, from a composition standpoint, Cohiba's different from CAO, different from Macanudo, different from, from Hoyo. Um, you know, as far as even where they're made, I mean, Hoyo is 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 is, is primarily Honduran made. Uh, CAO is primarily Nicaraguan made. Cohiba's um, uh, primarily Dominican made. Uh, and, and and there's different things that go into. So we, it's not like we can just say, okay, well, you know, CAO Chicago is small, Macanudo is small, Cohiba is small, because the profiles don't line up. So they have to sort of exist on their own. And 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 respect the consumer that supports it, and say we're going to give this consumer, this universe of, of consumers, options, uh, uh, and, and sort of stratify how uh, we approach the brand. It just makes sense. It makes sense. So, and that allows us not to sort of cannibalize and step over each other. You know, it, we operate okay. Um, a little bit earlier, you talked about the importance of, or for you, being able to interact with people. You know, and, and see them interact with the product and smoke when they light it up for the first time. So how are you adjusting to the situation now where <laughs> you can't go into a store, you can't have a big event? How are you adjusting? Well, we do, uh, you know, the Zoom virtual events, which that you know that that that, that kind of gets you by. You still get to interact with people uh, while they smoke the cigars, and um, and the retailers are run specials for them. And, uh, some instances they'll ship, or some instances that they're in an the area where they could drive by. So we still activate with the retailers uh, from a promotional standpoint and interact with their customers. It's just, you know, on a computer screen. Um, not quite the same, but 
you know, it, it gets it gets you by. Uh, but yeah, there's there's no, that's the best I'm doing. There's no real, uh, you know, replacement for you know, actual in person interaction. This just there's no there's no plug and play for that. It is what it is. You know, so I, I look forward to the day where I can be back in a cigar shop and uh, and and talk with people face to face and really feel the energy and stuff like that. But you know, for now, it's what we got to do. So, yeah, and and do you, you know, from this where your standpoint is, from speaking to retailers, you have any feeling or vibe from the retailers when um, their customers might feel comfortable coming back into an event, or or is it just kind of wait and see situation for right now? I think everybody's just wait and see. I don't I don't know that anybody knows, and I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think I mean. This is like literally never had. There's no, there's no roadmap for this. There's no uh, rule book. There's no way. Everybody's just kind of figuring it out, doing the best we can. So yeah, I haven't talked to a retailer that has an idea as to how he wants to execute an event, um, how you practice social distancing or whatever. Um, I mean, I have some thoughts on it. It's really going to be a limited number of people. Uh, maybe it should be some some type of ticketed event. Uh, and then they get some type of cigar package with it and, and some other things as well. But um, I think, you know, whether people want to or not, it seems like at least early on, events are going to be more exclusive than than, 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 than some brands maybe uh, uh, are used to operating with them. Um, you know, uh, that's not a very foreign space to me, though, um, being with Cohiba. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I don't think retailers really know. They're, they're just kind of waiting. Like everybody else, you know, um, small. This is a very small cottage industry, right? People don't, don't people on the outside looking in, you know, think you know this is just some. Um, this ain't big pharma. This ain't um, you know. This is not alcohol. This is not. This is this is a cottage industry. Um, a lot of you know, owner operator, uh, owner operated brick and mortar, uh, uh, you know, places where you know families, man. These are you know. Um, people really, really feel this, you know, um, the, the shop owners. This is not, um, you know, this is not lost on anybody. So I think they're just kind of waiting for, you know, what, 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 the, what the landscape is going to be like, and they'll make the adjustments accordingly, and, and we'll do our best uh, to support them, which, which we have been. I mean, first week home, I mean, I, I did a, a virtual Zoom event, first time I'd ever done it, and uh, actually helped the retailer uh, move some product and uh, help me, such as customers and um and um you know and i think you know we, we, we're better for it and and uh and as i've done more and more i've gotten a little bit better executing and we kind of know what to expect uh well knowing what to expect is is having no idea what to expect that's kind of it right. <laughs> online, people are at home barely, you know you know so um so it's, it's an interesting experience but um, you know, we're getting better at doing it, um, but hopefully, you know, this won't be the norm for, for, for very long. I still, I do think there's some value in continuing to do this, even once things open up to a degree. Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of seeing all the learnings that we're, uh, you know, uh, developing now. Like, okay, well, once things kind of get back to normal, uh, how will all these things that we've never done before, how can we use them in the future to be more efficient and more effective? So. Um, you look at the positive, man. Right? You know, I'm 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 going to use what I'm learning here to, to 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 try to be better at at what I do. Um, you know, a few months from now. But I like so, the mentality that you have. The, you know, the mentality that 
you know, you can reach out to a retailer and just do if all they can do right now is a virtual event just to move product. You know, it, it helps. Right the guys, they like to, you know, because the, the lounges are open. So these guys will jump on and they haven't seen their buddies, right? Exactly. So, so, so it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because a lot of times it seems like you're, you're, you're a guest at, 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 at someone, someone's uh, family dinner table, you know, because they're talking to each other, they're giving each other shit back and forth, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you're like, it, you know, you can't, you got to figure out, okay, well, obviously at some point I got to talk about product, but you know what? Let these dudes do their thing, right? And it, it circles back, you know, guys will ask a question about product and they don't get back to whatever they're talking about. Then another guy will ask something and, and it just kind of flows. Everyone is different, but, but um, you know, these guys look forward to it more so than just, you know, the brand that's involved, but it's a chance for them to get together and smoke cigars with each other and talk and, and, and catch up with their buddies. So uh, so I enjoy that about it too. And, and, and that's important not to forget that. It's not just about selling products. Listen, I mean, I'm fortunate. We're a big company. Uh, this is a big brand. Um, you know, don't cry for us. I mean, we, we, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do okay through this, uh, all things considered. Uh, but there's a lot of people that won't and we have to understand that. Um, so the big thing for us is making sure that we do whatever we can to support retailers, whether that's hard goods, promotional product, whatever, uh, we have to help them get through this. And uh, the, the, the finances will take care of themselves. Um, but the big thing is, this is our family. This is, this is, this is, this is our, our, our group. If they're not there on the other side of this, then all bets are off. You know, yeah, so man. that's what we want. Yeah. So considering we're at the, towards the end of our time together, what can you tell us about what's ahead for this year from Cohiba? Or what should we be on the lookout for? Um, well, this year, obviously, um, uh, the, the big uh, release has already taken place. That's Royale. Um, and, uh, you know, we, 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 we're looking forward to an opportunity with, with a, uh, a market that's a little bit more open to actually do some in-person activations around that. Had a lot of things teed up um, that, that, you know, was taken off the calendar, obviously. So that's going to be a big thing, just kind of getting out there and activating with consumers enjoying uh Cueva royale but we also of course on the back side of the year going to have uh, this year's Cueva specter uh which I'm, I'm excited about um so as things stand now we're figuring october maybe november uh just kind of depending uh it's more pa a packaging issue uh with this one uh for another reason now because a lot of facilities that we would get stuff produced at um have been you know not operating at norm at a normal clip so um, so that's going to be coming out. And then there's a few other things I'm working on. So um, we're taking a different approach. Um, and I don't know if this is going to be for the, you know, the next few years, but certainly next year, that was regardless of, uh, of the current you know, situation with COVID. Um, we really, 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 really want to make sure that people understand that, that, that the brand is personal. We want to personalize the brand. You know, certainly, uh, you know, we're in the luxury space. Um, you know, hopefully we, we execute well in that space. We put out good product, but, um, you know, it, it, I think you start to lose something if you're constantly every year putting out a full-time brand, like launching a totally new brand every year. It gets to be like, like you know. Um, it's like, where's your focus? Sure. <laughs> so what? It's like, it's like, where's your focus? You know? Well, yeah, well, it's like, okay, well, what is this, what, what is this cannibalize? Within your right. you bring something out new, what is it cannibalized? So, um, but we also realize that the consumers and the retailers want something new. So we're going to do more 
specialized, and I'm, I'm not gonna say super limited stuff, but maybe more seasonal things. And there's a couple things we have teed up. So kind of look, look, look for that approach to it uh, going into 2021. We're still gonna give the marketplace, the consumer and the retailer something new, but uh, uh, we don't want it to be overbearing on their system. Uh, and, and, and we have a solid lineup of core products out there uh, that, that we want people to, people to be able to support and, and rest on uh, comfortably. Uh, but still be able to try some of the new things that, that, that we put out as well. So that's kind of the focus. And, and from a blend standpoint, there's a couple of things that that uh, that we've been working on uh, that we feel good about. Maybe maybe one of these special releases, Spectre's going to drop for sure this year, obviously. And then maybe one other special release we put out into this year. Not sure. We could, in theory, um, uh, just from a, from a, a product standpoint. Uh, but you know, we don't know where the market's going to be. We don't know if it makes sense to to, to, to try to have uh, uh, our system and the market absorb it. So uh, certainly, early uh, spring 2021. Um, if if this project that we're working on doesn't come out in the year, it's going to come out spring 2021. Aside from that, Spectre for sure. And um, yeah, we're always working on stuff, man. But it's just about when does it come out? Um, do our reps have enough bandwidth? Um, you know, who's the target? Uh, uh, market from, from a, a shop standpoint and, and doesn't make sense for them. So, you know, but you know, we're always working on it. So. So how can people follow you and follow the Cohiba brand past this interview? Uh, well, obviously social media uh, um, on Instagram at Sean Williams underscore Cohiba. Um, and on Twitter, it's at Sean underscore Cohiba, but Instagram is the, you know, is the best place. Because uh, most of my most of my interaction starts here, and I just sort of copy it to the others. But on Facebook, obviously, uh, which I think I maxed out on Facebook as far as friends. So, best place is Instagram at Sean Williams, Sean Williams underscore Cohiba, and of course Cohiba Cigars. But CigarWorld.com, real easy. CigarWorld.com, go there, check it out. Um, uh, it's a nice ecosystem for uh, for the general cigar portfolio, but there's a lot of other stuff on there as well. Um, uh, just revamped, just re-released, uh, a lot of reviews. Uh, once actual in-store event activations start happening, those will be populated there, uh, uh, along with just some other back uh, backstory as well. So follow me here or go to cigarwar.com. That's probably the easiest things to do. Well, I would like to thank you for taking the time to speak to me today. And like I said, people who kind of chimed in a little bit late, this is a Cohiba Spectre. I mean, no, no, no. Royale. Royale. The, the Royale. <laughs> so try it. I do have a Spectre. No, no. It's in my you little got, you, uh, human Which Spectre do you have, the 2019 or the 2018 Spectre, or both? I have the 2019, I think. The, the black and, uh, the black and, and, and uh, not the not the red and silver band. Not the red and silver, no. Yeah, so you got 2019. Cool. All right, well, good, good. Hopefully, have you smoked it yet? Or, no, or no, not yet. It's been in the humidor. <laughs> Listen, man, you can collect those cigars if you want. I I'm not collecting them. Look, so, I'll, I'm going to get to it. Don't worry. As we said, our southern vernacular, set them on fire. <laughs> Burn them up, man. Burn them up. So, well, Like I said, thank you so much for taking the Appreciate you having time. me, and, and uh, thank you for what you guys do at Tobacco Biz, man. Appreciate it, brother. Oh, no problem. Thank you. And um, I, I look forward to our next encounter. Hopefully, it's sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Until then, be safe, man. You too. Have a good day. Right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.